Hey guys, welcome into the Eighth Wonder Podcast. This is your official, unofficially Houston Astros podcast. Your home for everything Houston Astros. I am, of course, your host, Josh Reese. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Joshua. You can find me on Instagram at, well, I'm not really sure what my Instagram account name is. It's not the same as my as my Twitter handle. But uh, I'll figure out what that is, and you can find me on there eventually. Uh, but yes, you you should want to follow me on Instagram because during the Astro season, I always post uh, post my interviews up there. Um, you know, I try to split it up between Twitter and Instagram. I try not to put too much on Twitter because I feel like sometimes I bombard bombard uh, all my followers with just random. Astros uh, news whenever the season the season comes out. So if I can split up some of my videos up there, I normally do. Um, but anyways, welcome into the show. I appreciate you guys for giving this a listen. If this is your first time listening to the Eighth Wonder podcast, uh, just know that we talk only Astros on this podcast. It's Astros twenty four seven. Only two times a week though. Um, but yes, when the regular season does commence. Uh, during home games, I'll try to do this every every night or every day um, and on the road. I'm, I'm not sure if I'll do it every day on the road, um, at least at least three times a week on the road. Sometimes, especially on those road trips on the on the West Coast, those are hella hard to stay up for. Be honest out there. A lot of you people watch the game after 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 or excuse me in the morning and uh, sometimes, sometimes I'll stay up all the way and like, you know, I'll watch an Astros game all the way till 1 a.m. because I'm insane. But I don't normally feel like talking about an Astros game at 1 a.m. in the morning. Um, so anyways, uh, I don't know how often I'll do it on road games, but at home games, I'll definitely uh, try to do this every game. Anyways, I appreciate you guys for finding this. Uh, make sure to... Uh, toss us out to friends. If you know an Astros friend out there and they're listening for, they're trying to find Astros talk. Well, I appreciate you. That I would appreciate you tossing this podcast on over to them. Uh, well, anyways, we're gonna jump into our podcast today. Today we're going to talk about uh, second base and shortstop, and I combined them in our season in our season rankings just because uh, there's not a lot of turnover on. Uh, on second base and shortstop. But we'll get to that in a minute. We're going to start off with news. And uh, some of the news that happened over the weekend was Alex Bregman announced he will take part in the World Baseball Classic representing Team USA. USA! 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 Well, I guess you can't get too excited for Alex Bregman participating in the World Baseball Classic because he'll be facing teammates! Um, I couldn't find, I couldn't find this on my own. So I, I, I'm crediting Jake Kaplan with the, uh, with the assist here. Um, but he, in his story on the Houston Chronicle, he noted that Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Carlos Beltran, Nori Aoki, and well, Luke Gregerson will be a teammate of his, of, uh, Alex Bregman on the world baseball classic, but Jose Altuve will play for Team Venezuela, and Carlos Correa and Carlos Beltran will take part in Team Puerto Rico, and Nori Aoki will play for Japan. So, while we are excited that Alex Bregman will represent the home team, Team USA, uh, can't get too excited because I, I'm, I'm not sure who we want to root for. 
I guess in you know what in our next podcast we'll have to break down the the maybe not break down but we'll have to look over the World Baseball Classic rosters and just see who is actually uh, who's probably going to win the tournament. To be honest, I don't have the slightest clue who is on every team team uh, World Team Baseball roster. Uh, I really have no clue at all. But we are about two months away from that taking taking part i think uh it starts in on uh, march early march something like that i think it's early march um but anyways so that'll be interesting we'll talk about that a little bit next week but uh so so far the astros have one two three four five six six players in the world baseball classic i know it was kind of rumored that george springer might play but uh he ended up declining to play so it looks like these are the six guys that will play for, or I guess represent the Astros on the world stage. I guess that makes sense. Um, so anyways, uh, what else happened in news this week? Uh, last week on the last podcast, we talked about the two Astros who avoided arbitration, but I missed one. Also, Jake Marisnik avoided arbitration by signing uh one-year deal with the Astros. Jake Marisnik, I think, signed for... Um, what was it? One million? Uh, let me look. Yeah, Jake Marisnik will make one point one million dollars per uh, this Houston Chronicle story, and we all talked about uh, Dallas Keuchel and um, and George Springer last week. But what we failed to catch because it happened after we stopped taping was a couple of the arbitration eligible Astros that did not sign deals um, or did not agree to contract with the Astros. Uh, so these are some of the numbers that they're looking at. Uh, we'll start with Mike Fires. Uh, the Astros wanted to sign him for $3 million. Mike Fires is looking for $3.9 million. Um, it'd be interesting to see if uh, what the arbiter uh, uh, says on that one It'll probably come out somewhere in the middle, but I think that's a little bit much for Mike Fires, but that's just my own, my own take on that. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez files at three, excuse me, at 4.2 million. The Astros are at 3.25, about a million dollars off. And you know what? I think Marwin Gonzalez deserves every penny the Astros or he he's asking for. He plays so many different positions on this team. He's so versatile and he, you know, he, he hits for a decent average. He's a very decent, decent player. And uh, I think Marwin Gonzalez deserves every penny. I hope he gets that $4.2 million. Um, Will Harris filed at 2.3. The Astros filed at 1.9. I lean Will Harris' side on that one. He was a really, really good eighth inning guy until the Astros moved to the ninth inning. We all know what happened then. But for the two seasons prior, when he was in a relief role, he was damn near untouchable. And uh, I'm hoping for more of the same this year if the Astros can um, recapture that magic that Will Harris had last season before the move to closer. Um, but anyways, I, I'm, I'm kind of siding with Will Harris on this one. And uh, lasty but not leasty, we have Colin McHugh filing at $3.85 million and the Astros filed at $3.35 million. So... My thoughts here are there's no way in God's green earth that Mike Fires should make more than Colin McHugh. That's just my thoughts. So I'm hoping that Colin McHugh wins this one. I think Colin McHugh deserves deserves that type of money. He's a he's a 
he's a good baseball player for the Astros. Probably more of like a three, four in on most teams. But for the Astros last year, he was damn near number two until um until um Lance McCullers came back. But uh, so those are just my uh, just my random takes on that. Uh, the other thoughts are uh, just because where where were we? Uh, we were talking about the avoiding arbitration and uh, what was it last year? Not last year. Last week, Springer Springer agreed to make three point nine million. And we're going to have Mike Fires asking for $3.9 million. Are you insane, Mike Fires? Do you think you're equal to George Springer? That itself should tell you um, that Mike Fires should not win that, that arbitration hearing. So that's pretty much all I want to talk about the arbitration, guys. Not really much else to talk about. So we'll dig into today's meat of the podcast. And we'll talk about Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa. They're great. Podcast over. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. I'm just kidding. Um, we should dig a little bit into Carlos Correa and, and uh, Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve had that monster season last year. The Astros moved him to um, to third to hitting third, and uh, he kind of uh, he kind of paid dividends for the Astros. Ended up hitting 24 home runs. Had nine, just fell short of 100 RBIs, finishing with 96 on the season. He still had 30 stolen bases. He had 100, 108 RBIs, excuse me, 108 runs, and he finished with a 6.7 WAR, the highest in of all the second basemen in the major leagues. Uh really, really, really dug the way Jose Altuve played last year. He was definitely a, a key reason the Astros won. Uh, a lot of games drove in a lot of runs for the Astros and was a key cog in uh in just just them doing well throughout the season. His defense is still pretty good. There's balls that he's just not going to get to just because he's short that is what it is, but anything that's within Jose Altuve's range, he's going to make a play for it 9 times out of 10. Excuse me, 9 times 9.9 times out of 10, Jose Altuve is going to make the play. Uh Springer Excuse me, Springer. Correa, on the other hand, I was kind of hoping that he was going to have a better season than he did last year. I, I, I guess you really, really can't complain too much considering he's still one of the best shortstops in all of baseball. He had 20 home runs last year, finished with 96 RBIs, the the same amount that 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 Altuve finished with. Interesting enough. Um, he didn't have as many, nearly as many runs. He finished with 76, stole, uh, 76 runs scored and he stole 13 stolen bases. He finished the year with a 4.9 war and that is good enough for the fourth best in all of the shortstops in baseball last year. Um, I was hoping that he was going to take, he was going to have a 30 home run season. I was really hoping for it. He had 20 home runs. Um, 22 home runs. Was it 22? I think he had 22 home runs as a rookie when he bust on the scene and won rookie of the year. And then he played even more games this past season. He only had 20. Uh, maybe, maybe this year is a year he's going to hit 30 home runs just because, you know, maybe the last year there was baseball kind of adjusting to him. Correa did have a little bit of a slump during the season where he had a hard time, um, hard time putting the ball in play, but more often than not, Correa did just fine last year. 
I'm his defense. They they give him a positive WAR on defense, a four point seven WAR, as to where they rate Altuve as a negative two five WAR on defense. Now I would I like Jose Altuve's defense more than I do Correa's defense. Now this is how this is how I look at look at Correa's defense. I look at him as he makes the impossible plays look easy, but sometimes he makes the simple plays look a little bit difficult. On the season, he finished with 14 errors on 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 a hole, and there were there were seven fielding errors, seven throwing errors, and when when I think of a really solid defender, I don't think of a guy that makes very many errors at all. Yes, I know even Adam Everett threw errors every once in a while, but 14 seems pretty high for someone who gets so much so much love for his uh his defense. Jose Altuve on the other hand did not have near as many errors. He just isn't able to get to as many um he just isn't able to get to as many balls as Carlos Correa had. In fact, uh, Altuve had 7 errors, half as many as Carlos Correa, but yet Correa's is touted as a much better defender. I don't know. I mean, I'd love to know what you guys think. Do you think that Correa gets a little bit more love for being a great defender than he actually is? I'd love to see what y'all guys think out there. I'm not I'm not absolutely shitting on Carlos Correa's defense. I think he's I think he's fine. He's probably he's probably slightly above average, but I to say he's elite or a great defensive shortstop I think is a little bit of a stretch. Where I think Altuve is is slightly below a great defensive second baseman. Those are just my thoughts on the on the two players' years that they had last year. Um, so we'll kind of talk about what this is. Uh, I don't know if many people use Fangraphs, but I kind of love using Fangraphs, especially I love seeing how their projections for next year. It's it's always nice, um, just kind of giving you an idea of what of what people are thinking about for next year. So this is what Fangraphs is thinking for Jose Altuve next year. They have him hitting 18 home runs, driving uh, driving in 90 RBIs, stealing 32 bases. I think people would be just fine with that. It's a slightly down year from the year he had before, but I really find it's going to be hard for Jose Altuve to ever get back to, you know, 24 home runs and um, – 100 RBIs. Now, even Jose Altuve said himself he would love to have a 30-30 season. That that seems like it's a stretch. 30 home runs? I mean, mean, to be fair, I thought 20 home runs would be a stretch for Jose Altuve, but he had 20 home runs. So, I mean, I guess nothing's out of the realm of possibility for Jose Altuve, but it, it seems difficult for him to have more than 24 home runs last year. Um... I really feel like all the home runs he had last year was just about all he was going to hit. Um, I know with most other guys, you can see that there's a few balls that he could have hit out that weren't going to be. Um, I really didn't see that. Most of the shots that Jose Altuve had, you know, they would be home runs. It's not stuff that, you know, oh, when the fence moves in, Jose Altuve is going to have 30 home runs. No, he didn't really drive that many balls out to center field that I can that I can recall off the top of my head that just died out there. You know, where as where Evan Gaddis seemed to always drive in triples by, you know, driving it to deep center field 
or, you know, left center or right center or something like that. Um, I didn't see Jose Altuve doing that that much. It was um, mostly, I'd love to see, I'll have to break that down another day. Um, my bad for not doing the research before beforehand uh, to see what Jose Altuve's breakdowns were, like pulling the ball to, you know, uh, taking that oppo. He had a lot of opposite full home runs. I do remember that. Um, I feel like the majority of his stuff came on um, pulling the ball towards the, towards the Crawford boxes. Um, so, yeah, I kind of see Jose Altuve around that range. I'm kind of looking at – I'm. I think y'all guys all know where I'm, I'm at with Jose Altuve. I know a lot of people out there are are still thinking he's going to uh, be batting third, and that'd be fine if he does. But I'm I'm a I'm a Jose Altuve uh, lead off truther. I'm hoping he leads off next year. I would love 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 to see Jose Altuve bop 15 home runs um, and score 130 bases while he you know steals 60 bags. That would be my ideal Jose Altuve season. Um, let me know what you guys think out there, what you want to see Jose Altuve do next year. I'm hoping for 60 stolen bases and him batting first base. That, that, that's what I'm hoping for. So let me know what y'all guys think. This is for Carlos Correa. Fangraphs is projecting him to have 28 home runs and have 103 RBIs with 17 stolen bases. If he has that next year, I think that would be a phenomenal step up, especially since he had 22 in the first year and 20 in the second year. I'm hoping for him to get a step closer to 30 home runs. And I think hitting hitting over 100 RBIs would really, really kind of cement his place as, you know, as maybe the best shortstop in the league. I think right now he's in the top top four, top five. Top four, top five, somewhere around there, but he's not the overall best. I think if you get 30 home runs and 100 plus RBIs from Correa next year, you're looking at a guy that that is either number one or number two among all shortstops. So I'm hoping that's where Carlos Correa can get next year. I would project him to have 30 home runs myself and finish with 100 RBIs. That's why I, I'm I'm. So I'm not only hoping, that's what I'm seeing from him next year. I just think there's going to be more opportunities for base runners for him to bat in. I think Alex Bregman is going to bat in the two-hole, and that's that's he's going to drive Alex Bregman in a bunch of times, and he's going to drive in Jose Altuve a bunch of times. It's going to be a big old happy family and a big old run fest for Carlos Correa. Um, and I guess uh, the other stuff I wanted to talk to before we bounced on out of here was uh, just, just the top top middle infield um top middle infields and in all in baseball and this is the this is the list that I kind of drew up in my head I don't know how to rank these but this is this is the four best infields of all of baseball of course we have the Astros with Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve but you have the Red Sox with Xander Bogarts and Dustin Pedroia then you have the Cubs with Addison Russell and Ben Zobras and then you had the Indians rounding this out with Francisco Lindor and Jason Kipnis. Um, I don't know who is the like the the all out best in there, but it's 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 oh, I, I don't even know. Um, I'd love to see what y'all guys rank how y'all guys rank these four. It's it's hard to tell, you know. Ben Zobris isn't really, you know, the the same level as Altuve, but but 
defensively, Andy gets on base a lot, but he doesn't get hits. He, you know, he's just a good overall, you know, draws blocks and stuff like that. Um, Jason Kipnis has a power. Um, I guess I would probably give it to to the Indians. I think the Indians and the Astros, Red Sox and Cubs. There you go. That's that's your four best infields or middle infields at all in baseball. Um, Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa clearly one of the best. They turn a shit ton of double plays, and they're going to turn a shit ton of double plays next year. Um, so before we end the podcast, we always talk about the stat of the day, which unfortunately is brought to you by no one. But today... It is going to be brought to you by a number, and that number is 377, and that is the the uh, batting average Jose Altuve had on fastballs last year. He hit 377 on fastballs, and that is up quite a bit from uh, the season before, which he had, um, excuse me, uh, there we go which he had a 311 batting average and then the season before that a 317. So we're hoping that Jose Altuve can continue to hit those fastballs at a really high average because last year he hit most of his home runs on fastballs. Um, 12 of his home runs came on, came on um, the fastballs and in the years past, he's been really good at hitting the fastball but this past season, he just was on fire. Damn near 400 hitting the fastball. I think that's uh, that's really good. And considering he he saw 833 of them, um, it's a pretty good pretty good um, pretty good ratio of hits. One of the other things I thought was kind of unique was he hit 588 on the splitter, and for his career. Um, I would never throw Jose Altuve a splitter because he hits 441 on splitters. Uh, it's not that there's that many guys that throw splits, but when they do, Jose Altuve mashes the fuck out of them. Um, he doesn't have many home runs off the splitter, but batting 444 against anything is uh, is pretty good. On Jose Altuve's career, he hits 322 against the four-seam fastball, but last year, of course, we mentioned he had a big step above when he hit 377. So it'll be interesting to see if Jose Altuve can keep that trend going. There's no reason to think he can't. Every season, he seems to add something new to his his game. I'm really excited to see what it's going to be next year. Um, it'll be interesting. I don't know what the hell else Jose Altuve can do um, except have that 30-30 home runs, 30-30 season. But I don't see that happening. So I'm, I'm hoping... It would be nice to see Jose Altuve prove me wrong, but I think that would be um, pretty difficult to do. And I, I really enjoy when Jose Altuve puts the ball on the ground more. I think when he, even though I, I, I was proved wrong, but I feel like when he when he starts swinging for the fences more, it increases his strikeout rate. And even though it it did just a tud, the touch, just a touch. I mean, it's not like Jose Altuve is you know is Chris Carter out there. He's still an amazing contact hitter, and it's it's hard to see him going any other way anytime soon. So I appreciate you guys for giving this a listen. 
last this past week we talked about first base and the week before that we talked about catchers so i'm sure you can uh, still find that on soundcloud uh make sure to look on itunes for the eighth wonder pod clack pod clack podcast hit the subscribe button and uh, give me a comment i'd appreciate that let me some feedback let me know what you're thinking uh, again i appreciate you guys for all giving this listen i am of course your host josh reese and we will catch you taters later <laughs>